Hey listeners, it's Jenny. With so much going on right now, watching the news all day can worsen your anxiety and make you feel super overwhelmed. Yet at the same time, it's important to stay informed. So what do you do? Add the Newsworthy podcast to your playlist every day. In addition to the inspiring stories and history you get here, you can get caught up on everything that's happening now, from the biggest political stories to the tech and business impacting our lives, to even some fun entertainment news. And you get it all in just about 10 minutes a day with the Newsworthy podcast. The host, Erica Mandy, always explains everything that's happening clearly, concisely, and from all perspectives. She goes out of her way to pull from a variety of sources so you get informed, not influenced. You won't find any arguing pundits on this podcast. Search The Newsworthy on your podcast app to follow for free or go to thenewsworthy.com to start listening. Again, add the podcast The Newsworthy to your everyday playlist wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Lindsay Cradwell. I'm one of the writers and producers behind Womanica. And I'm also working on another WMN show that features stories of climate change progress and poetry. It's called As She Rises. This month on Womanica, we are highlighting eco-warriors, women fighting for conservation and ecological justice. Today's story is about a woman from the Appalachian Mountains who wasn't called to environmental work until much later in life. She was a coal miner's daughter who realized the damage that the industry was having on her home. So she spent the rest of her life fighting for it. Please welcome Julia Judy Bonds. Julia Bell Thompson Bonds, or Judy, as people would later know her, was born on August 27, 1952, in Marfork, West Virginia. She was one of eight children, two of whom died at birth. Her parents were Oliver and Sarah Thompson, who came from families that lived in West Virginia for generations. Her father and grandfather were coal miners. Her dad died of black lung disease soon after he retired from the coal mines. He was 65. Throughout her life, Judy worked in restaurants and convenience stores, and she was uncertain about how she felt about the risks of coal mining. Things all started to change when Massey Energy came to town. Massey Energy was a big coal company that arrived to begin operations in the green, narrow valleys of southern West Virginia. Massey used a practice called mountaintop mining, or mountaintop removal. This involves blasting off the tops of mountains in order to get at the layers of coal below. It's as destructive as it sounds. The practice pollutes waterways with toxic metals and releases fine particles into the air that can cause nearby communities to develop asthma and lung disease. It displaces animals, damages homes, and the noise from explosions can cause PTSD. When the Massey Energy Company began blasting in Judy's town, people started moving out, but Judy refused to leave. Then, one day in 1996, her six-year-old grandson was playing in a creek when he asked his grandmother, what's wrong with these fish? Judy found he was surrounded by dead fish floating belly up in the water. As she later told Sierra Magazine, I knew something was very, very wrong, so I began to open my eyes and pay attention. Judy credits that moment as a turning point in her environmental activism, 
she began volunteering with the Coal River Mountain Watch and started down a long path fighting to protect her community from the effects of mountaintop mining. In 2001, Judy was forced to leave her home when Massey began to build a dam upriver that was meant to hold back millions of gallons of coal sludge. Judy and her family had to leave to avoid what would be catastrophic flooding if the dam broke. Being displaced only reinforced her determination to keep fighting these mining powers. Judy became the outreach director of the Coal River Mountain Watch and a symbol of opposition to mountaintop mining in West Virginia. She was outspoken. She traveled nationwide to speak to young people about her experiences. She testified in hearings, and she denounced the profits coal companies were making at the expense of the health of her low-income community. She built coalitions, organized rallies, marches, and picket lines, and even filed lawsuits to rein in the coal companies. The Coal River Mountain Watch also tracked permits that coal companies were issued to mine in the area, and held public hearings for people to challenge them. Judy faced harassment from people who felt she posed a threat to their livelihoods. But she stood her ground and shrugged off the argument that her community needed the coal industry's jobs. At a 2008 Appalachian Studies Association conference, she said, if coal is so good for us hillbillies, then why are we so poor? In 2003, Judy was awarded the $125,000 Goldman Environmental Prize, at the time, she had been earning $12,000 a year as an activist. After paying off some family bills, she donated the remaining nearly $50,000 to the Coal River Mountain Watch. Judy brought a lot of attention to the effects of mountaintop removal in Appalachia. She helped organize a hillbilly march, as she liked to put it, to Washington, D.C. in September 2010. 2,000 people joined the Appalachia Rising March. Judy herself couldn't join because she had fallen ill. She passed away from cancer on January 3rd, 2011. She was 58 years old. The Coal River Mountain Watch created the Judy Bond Center for Appalachian Preservation in her honor, and it now serves as the organization's community center. All month, we are featuring eco-warriors. For more information, find us on Facebook and Instagram at Womanica Podcast. Special thanks to Jenny and Liz Kaplan for inviting me to guest host today's episode. We'll be back tomorrow. Hey, Womanica listeners, it's Grace Lynch, one of the writers and producers of Womanica and host of another WMN original show, As She Rises. All month long, we've been highlighting eco-warriors, women who paved the way for today's environmental activists and changemakers. To learn more about the contemporary women who benefited from these eco-warriors, I highly encourage you to listen to As She Rises. Climate change often feels untouchable. Other times, we're so close to it that it's exhausting. It begs the question, how can we understand the climate crisis when we're living through it? Enter season two of As She Rises, a podcast centering native voices and women of color that personalizes the elusive magnitude of climate change. As She Rises combines poetry and storytelling to offer an intimate look at the climate crisis. Each week, hear from poets and experts local to one place in the U.S. and territories. From the coral reefs of American Samoa to the sacred land of the Pueblo Nation, we learn how climate change is affecting hometowns and what communities are doing to address it. 
Listen and follow As She Rises wherever you get your podcasts.